Welcome back to another episode of the Adrian Bow podcast featuring Troy Malcolm, episode number 116. AB, always great to see you uh, looking sharp as always. And today we are going to be talking about something that's really important in the whole real estate transaction. Last week, we spoke about so much great stuff about how to outperform your competition with uh, integrity and really performing. Now we're going to focus on buy work. And we know that buyers make up 50% of the transaction. And this is a really important part that so many agents right now now we're struggling to deal with um you know the market has shifted let's not call let's call a spade a spade in many regards the market has shifted and we've seen a lot of change out there in the market in regards to the way buyers are working the way buyers are communicating and also the way that buyers are dealing with agents so adrian before we get into this amazing episode that's probably going to go for a little while um how are you excellent thanks troy yeah really keen to discuss buyers and as you appropriately pointed out um you know, they do make 50% of a transaction. I think, you know, all sins are forgiven in a boom market that we've just experienced where some agents erroneously, you know, assume that buyers only make up 10% of a transaction, which is completely incorrect. Um, and as the landscape changes, uh, buyer work is equally as important, if not more important than prospecting for listings. So you and I have put together a 10-point plan for our fans, for our listeners, which is really going to curate and simplify buyer work because there's a lot of uh, information out there, which is very hard to digest, quite frankly, when it's dealing with buyers. So the first point on our 10-point plan that you and I have put together, Troy, is firstly, don't pretend that you're going to be able to appropriately service 100% of buyers that you meet. That's the first thing you need to accept. Otherwise, that you're going to constantly have this guilt and this anxiety around, my God, I'm, putting, I'm getting all these people coming through my open for inspections, putting them into home pass or agent box. Then I'm getting smashed with email inquiries like, how do I service them appropriately? Well, that leads us to point number two, Troy, which you and I put together, which is sometimes the best that you can do for the high majority of these buyers is to put them in your buyer alert system and have a proactive approach through active pipe or agent box or whatever your CRM is where it, it advises them of new properties that your office lists. So that's those first two points I think are quite um, refreshing for a lot of agents to probably hear um, because a lot of them have been held hostage by this misconception that they need to service hundreds of buyers. Well, it's not going to happen. So sometimes firstly accept that it's very, very challenging and it's unrealistic. Secondly, sometimes the best you can do with the high majority of them is make sure you do put them on your buyer alert system so it creates profile for yourself and adds value to the client, but also more importantly to the person that you've listed their house for, the vendor, then there's something in addition to REA and domain happening in the background as well. Yeah, and Adrian, this is not just a strategy that we've come up with um, 10 minutes before this episode. This is a strategy that's been developed for the best part, collectively, of about 50 years of real estate experience yeah. between the two of us. So there is actually method yeah. to our madness. Uh, but I think you're right. And I think that goes straight into point number three for me, which is really identifying who are those hot buyers um, or really those buyers that you want to deliver vendor-like service to. Um, and, you know, that means that you're doing daily calls, weekly emails, new listings from REA and domain from competitors that suit their criteria, meet them once a week over a coffee to discuss their needs. And I don't think, Adrian, this is hard to, to really get through. And, and always, 
you know, start with the end in mind. I, I always like to ask a question straight up front to those clients and say, what are you looking for? Um, if, if I'm trying to help you find something, what are you looking for from me uh, as your agent? Do you want me to call you all those times? So you're actually setting the expectations. Um, the vast majority of people will say, oh, just if anything comes up, just let me know. And that's great because that's the majority of buyers that we spoke about in point number two. But why, Adrian, is it six to 12 or, you know, five to 10, 10 to 15, really important for you to service with that vendor-like type of um, maintenance? Well, I, I think you've got to be realistic with yourself, Troy, and if you do make a commitment to provide this vendor-like service, and I call it vendor-like service because, you know, we usually have got six to 12 listings uh, on the go at any one stage. If you're a growth agent, if you're a developing agent, it might be three to eight. But either way, the vendor-like service means calling them most days, if not all, meeting them well once a week, providing them an update, and then providing a weekly written report. So, you know, I think 6 to 12 is the right number if you're going to do it effectively and efficiently. Um, and as you said, they've got to be hot buyers. And you need to be really upfront about it, Troy. And, and, and this is what I've been doing all my career and my team still does today, where they're like, Troy, I just want to let you know that I don't delude myself that I can service every buyer in the market. However... What I do have is a list of top 10 buyers. Now, with these top 10 buyers, I'd like to invite you to be on that list. Now, if you're on that list, I just want you to know what I provide. So I'm going to call you most days. I'm going to catch up for a coffee with you once a week, and I'm going to replicate my details as a surrogate on REA and Domain for your criteria and then send it to you so you're across every listing that comes on the market, whether it's through me or one of my competitors. The only thing I expect in advance is if you see anything you like, please call me because I usually know about it and I'll go and have a look at it on your behalf. So effectively, I'm becoming your buyer's agent without you having to pay me a fee. And you know what? I'm totally okay with that because I know that down the track there'll be referrals or I know that maybe I'll sell you enough market property. How do you feel about that? Now, if someone says, look, that doesn't suit me, no problem. But I, let me tell you, the high majority of people that I've had that dialogue with, Troy, they say, where do I sign? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the obvious one. I mean, that's, you know, having that clear conversation up front really does set their expectations. Um, Adrian, and I always like as well, something that you taught me very early on in in uh, my career uh, when you were leading the, the McGrath office out at Edgecliff there um, was progressing the buyers and asking them specific questions about, you know, how they're progressing. And I know we're going to get into that in a second, but, you know, before we do that, that just stuck with me so much. And I know you're going to cover off the key questions that you've actually looked at. Um, Adrian, one of the things that you always do with your really high qualified buyers that you just said you're going to provide like a buyer's agent kind of service is you offer to bid at auctions for these hot buyers. Um, you offer to negotiate with the buyer's agents or other selling agents for these hot buyers as well. Now, why is that so important for selling agents to do that? Because most people would say, well, that's a waste of my time. Why is that so different for you? Yeah, so they're points four and five, which is, you know, respectively bid at auctions or or um, um, negotiate on, on behalf of these clients, which, frankly, if you were their official buyer's agents, that's what you would be doing and that's what you're employed to do. Um, now, the reason we do it, Troy, is one, to really add value to this client because if you've made a commitment to be their quote-unquote buyer's agent, well, then you've got to follow through with it. Yeah. Secondly, what actually happens is you end up becoming the conduit between 
the buyer and the transaction. So, you know, Harrison and my team calls me, you know, probably once a week and says, uh, Bowie, mate, we're going to an appraisal next week. Um, they told me they bought it off you, but I just checked our past client database and they actually bought it through another agent. And I'm like, no problems, HJ. I know what that is. They were one of my top 10 buyers, right? So they actually remembered me as the conduit because I was either negotiating on their behalf or bidding on their behalf. So effectively, they fall under the same category as a past client that deserves an anniversary call. Yeah. Well, that's the thing as well, Adrian. I think REA, a couple of years ago now, it would have been maybe 2019, 2018, they released a study to say that 50%, 50% of agents that sell a property to the buyer never contact them again. And I just think, wow, that's like yeah. absolute craziness. We talk about clients yeah. for life, the servicing you should be providing. Um, they've had a great experience. They've got the house. Um, service them yeah. post that and you can get that repeat yeah. business. Uh, Adrian, another one that I said uh, that I saw in your, your list of top 10, number six is double down and open for inspections and be 100% present uh, by being engaging and interactive and hand out your business card as well as your brochure to every buyer you meet at your inspections. Now you do this uh, with a very clear mindset. And uh, again, very early on in my career, you told me this as a coaching session and it stuck with me forever in my selling career. It was treat every open for inspection like it's your birthday so you know when you walk into a birthday and you give out you everyone's there to see you you're happy you're hugging maybe not hugging these days with COVID restrictions but you're saying hello you're trying to spend as much time with everyone you're getting quite personable with them and really you know engaging with them um this is exactly the same strategy yeah absolutely what I love about this Troy is because the first couple of points in our top 10 was don't delude yourself that you're going to be able to service everyone. However, when you're actually face-to-face with these people, which is during the open for inspection, when I talk about doubling down, what that means is it's showtime. Whether it's a Wednesday, Thursday or Saturday, these people are there to see you, talk to you, interview you, um, see how you react and respond to buyers, see what your dialogue's like. And the more animated you are and the more engaging you are and the more interactive you are with these people, then you're going to make them feel a certain way. They may not necessarily remember what you say, but they'll certainly remember the way you made them feel. And frankly, in a crowded industry, if you're attending seven open for inspections as a buyer and you meet Adrian Bow, and Adrian Bow's introducing himself by name, he's looking you in the eye, he's repeating your name saying, Troy, lovely to meet you. Here is my business card. Do you live locally? How many kids do you have? Uh, how do you get to work? How can I help you? That's a lot better experience than, unfortunately, some agents which still have a brochure and say, g'day, mate, how you doing? There's a brochure, just wander around and let me know if you've got any questions. And then that agent chin wags with the associate about what's happening tomorrow night. Unfortunately. Yeah, or worse, they're on their phone. Yeah, totally. (laughs) They're taking yeah. messages or having this in their phone. Adrian, yeah. I think right straight away about the, the pillars of influence and, you know, Dr. Robert yeah. Cialdini's um, way of looking at likability and similarity. And I think you've just absolutely nailed that there at Open for Inspections. If everyone is similar, how are you standing out, right? So the fact that you're making the likability factor huge for you uh, does really resonate with people and they would get attracted to that, right? So they, they want to deal with people that they actually like. Um, they don't want to deal with another suit at 
had an open for inspection that's standing on their phone or talking to their associate. Um, yeah. Adrian, asking actual questions, qualifying them as opposed to just saying, are you interested in the home and does it feed your, um, meet your uh, configuration? That's point number seven. And you've got a whole stack of questions that I'm going to let you go through for point number seven. Yeah. But those qualifying questions that I mentioned a little bit earlier in this podcast, this is exactly yeah. those. So if you guys get a chance that is listening to this, please get a pen, get a piece of paper and write these questions down. Yeah, well, I might have included in the, in the podcast link, actually, Troy. Um, so I think the market has been conditioned from the old days where you had those perforated uh, open for inspection pads and there was literally three or four columns there which had bed, bath, parking and budget. (laughs) So, you know, um, those days are gone, uh, thank God, and those perforated uh, pads are gone. But unfortunately, a lot of agents haven't evolved and that's the, the extent to what qualifying questions that they are asking, which is quite vanilla and quite boring. So, you know, what about asking something along the lines of, can you exchange unconditionally today if we reach an agreement on price? Um, What was your highest bid at the last auction you attended? What was your highest offer in the most recent cool-off period you didn't proceed with? How many children do you have and what schools do they attend? Do you work from home? And if not, how do you actually get to work? What are the hobbies that the family has? That's just an appetite, Troy, but you get the narrative there. You get the flavour of where I'm going. You're digging deeper, you're authentic, you care, and it's not surface-level questions. These are actually questions of substance. Well, I'd actually like it as well, Adrian. It's not intrusive by saying what's your budget uh, as well. Like what is your highest bid at the last auction you attended? Oh, we bid up to... 1.5 million we bid up to 3 million whatever that level is I think it's really really interesting it's not invasive at all and it's coming from a place of care because automatically in the back of my mind I know the address that they're interested in I know this is similar I also know what their level was and how far away they were from securing that home and I also can then ask a deeper question is why didn't you keep going at that stage like why didn't you go to that next level and place one more bid oh we we liked the third bedroom but it was a little bit small um, so you, like you said, it's not just asking the standard four box questions, beds, baths, cars, um, what, where did you see the ad and what was the postcode that you currently live? It was actually going yeah. deeper and really understanding their needs. Um, Adrian, point number eight that's in this strategy is the type of buyer, this type of buyer strategy will promise to triple the amount of referrals you are currently receive, receiving. Um, we believe that referrals uh, only originate from people we have sold to or have bought from us. One hidden little real estate referral source of gems is from its buyers we service beautifully and may yep. not end up buying from us. Really important uh, point. Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible, Troy. Like my associates in my team, in fact, the only the referrals they get because they haven't had the opportunity to, to service that many vendors, they do a lot of the buy work, is from buyers. Um, and they're seller referrals, though, Troy. So often Harrison will get a call and say, Harrison, I didn't buy from you, but you were so good to me when I was looking to buy, and you took so much time out of your day to show me multiple properties and always call me back. Um, Now, I've got a friend or a family member that is looking to sell their property. Do you mind if I pass on their details? Fantastic, right? So erroneously, agents are very focused on uh, referrals from past sellers 
but past buyers are equally as important. And that's why I always recommend when you're requesting rate my agent reviews, it gives you both options, buyer and vendor. Please select both. I literally just typed in this morning uh, for a property I sold this week, um, the request to both the buyer and the seller, because I feel that buyer reviews are actually outstanding because that's not as common as, as a seller review. Now, if you can uh, satisfy all stakeholders of the transaction, then you're in hyper growth mode, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, the I, having seen Harrison and, and the rest of your team perform, uh, it's easy to see why, well, Adrian. I would actually say that nearly every super successful real estate professional right now in Australia, definitely within Australia, started out their career with understanding how to service buyers, how to nurture those buyers, how to help them before they became, you know, we're talking three, five years in the making before they became the number one or number two player in every single market. You know, some of the names we think about, they all started really understanding the deal with dealing with people and understanding buyers. And so I think, you know, people that are not understanding that, people that are missing that, people that thinking that buyers are just plentiful and they can just disregard them, you are going to miss out on future success because it is so important. Uh, I'd actually say they make up 50% of the equation, Adrian, but they actually make up probably 70 or 80% of a successful real estate agent's profile. Absolutely. Well, you've got one of the most successful real estate businesses in Sydney when they initially launched their business their entire philosophy, modus operandi and framework was based purely on buyer work. Now, that business today is known as Bressick Whitney or BW. And, you know, you've got to look at sort of almost two decades later and they are dominating in their market. And for the first two years, I'll be honest with you, Troy, for the first two years, their main focus was buyer work. So successfully excludes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a phenomenal business and continues to dominate every market that they operate in, which is uh, which is fantastic uh, for for Shannon and the team out of BW. Uh, Adrian, number nine, as we start to to wrap up this episode, uh, it's the other hack from this hot buyer list is given you have built such good rapport and offer great service to, um, once they do buy, even through another agent, add them to your CRM uh, under a past clients category. So you they fall under the same nurturing plan uh, in yeah. regards to anniversary calls, uh, Christmas yeah. calls, Christmas touch points, um, annual appraisals. I really like yeah. that strategy that you have, Adrian. Every single client, yeah. every single past client, they will get yeah. an updated market opinion of what's been happening yeah. in the area and what how that affects the price of their home every 12 months with you. Yeah. Well, what I love about this strategy, Troy, is that your past client uh, vertical in your database can be limited because there's only so many properties you can you can list and sell. However, if you've got this top 10 or 12 buyer list, you can actually double your past clients um, in terms of that section of your database by being the conduit, as we've talked about, in that transaction, whether it's through you or a competitor's uh, transaction listing. Okay, so The beauty with past client nurturing, sure, they're going to get their anniversary call, they're going to get a monthly newsletter, um, and they're going to get now a six-month price update. So I've actually changed that, Troy, from 12 months to actually six months. And it's actually a checklist item now um, 
on settlement that the minute the keys are handed out, the dialogue is, Troy, just want to let you know part of our policy and our process is to provide you a six-month price appraisal on your property from today. So I'm just going to get my calendar out so we don't have to um, contact you for another six months. Certainly you'll get my newsletter updates, but I'm just going to put it in the calendar today and it's locked in. You send them a calorie invite because 12 months is just too long in a post-COVID world. A post-COVID world to me means that with interest rates so low, people are upgrading if their jobs or businesses haven't been affected. Number two, Anyone who's been thinking about a trees change, seed change, interstate change, uh, they'll look to do that as a more accelerated pace rather than doing it one day, quote unquote, in a decade's time. So circumstances are changing very quickly. Uh, people are making decisions that are life changing uh, at the drop of a hat. So that six month uh, price update, I think, is critical as well, especially in a fluctuating market environment. Yeah, and then finally, Adrian, uh, you've actually said here as well, focus heavily on double headers, i.e. hot buyers who will sell as soon as they have purchased. Now, this has been yeah. kind of the strategy for so long of the most successful agents out there, but really helping those buyers uh, buy something and then sell their property uh, and creating that client for life strategy. Now, very important that you provide the right service on both sides in regards yeah. to this. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, you'll help them buy, but you don't necessarily mean that you get to list their property. And you shouldn't actually have that mindset you should know Correct. that you're providing great service for a buyer's perspective and then once yep. the time comes that person will naturally uh, gravitate towards you uh, and have you represent them in the sale of their own property yeah and even if they don't that's totally fine so <laughs> I, I certainly not suggesting troy in this 10 point plan with point number 10 that you have a bias towards only people that own real estate but yet yet it would be naive and idealistic to think there's not a burgeoning group of people who will not sell unless they buy. Why? Because they're scared of the market getting away from them or they're afraid they won't find a similar property than they're in. Now, you know what? That's completely understandable, completely acceptable. And that search period can sometimes take six months up to three years. Now, if you're servicing beautifully these clients, even though you don't have an expectation or a commercial arrangement that you will be appointed as their agent, let me tell you, there will be some form of obligation. And when you lose a listing, sometimes when you lose it, the client says to you, you know what, Adrian, I really felt obliged to this agent because he, he or she helped me find something. Now, that's something we hear a lot. So that obligation, despite it not being a commercial arrangement, is an obligation nonetheless. Yeah. Well, Adrian, I think that that plan, that 10-step plan uh, is really a blueprint for success. Anyone listening to this episode, anyone that wants to have that blueprint, Adrian will put that link straight through to your blog post. Um, yeah. So you'll be able to see that there, team. But also let us know. Let us know. Send through some emails and let us know what parts of that plan you've actually implemented and you've seen great yeah. results from. Uh, this is a really important time, Adrian. We say this every week, but it is a really, really important time. Those successful agents out there that are doing everything right, that are process driven are definitely starting to reap the benefits of the quality of offering that they have out there in the marketplace and the results are astronomical you know we see buyers and sellers uh, represented by a client our you know obviously real estate agents achieving phenomenal numbers uh, in what yeah. you would say is a really challenging last 18 months in the industry uh, for so many or the vast majority but those that are doing the right things every step of the way are definitely seeing those benefits Adrian that is number uh, that is episode number 100
116. Thank you so much for joining us again, team. Uh, this will be going live on all your favorite platforms to where you get your uh, podcast, be that iTunes, be that uh, Spotify. You'll also see that on Adrian's blog and you'll see all the links there through to his Instagram profile. Adrian, I want to thank you again. I know how busy you are. Obviously, the, the transition to your new home uh, has been fantastic and you're already starting to see those results. Saw you had a record auction uh, on the weekend that went somewhat a million dollars over 1.2 over reserve 1.2 over the reserve of the owners the expectations there are absolutely fantastic mate great to see uh, the success continue regardless of uh, the business that you sit within and also for your clients as well Uh, until next week that is episode number 116 ab as always speak to you throughout the day and many times into the next couple of days team we will see you all again same time same place next week Thanks, listeners. Thanks, Troy.